Good morning. It's Monday, May 2nd, 2022. I'm Herb Morgan, Senior Managing Director and Chief Investment Officer here at Efficient Market Advisors. This is my weekly economic and market commentary. You can get it through a subscription free. We send email with slides and graphs and charts or by just talking to your smart device and asking it to play Herb Morgan's podcast or play the podcast Slaying Bulls and Bears. We make the complex and complicated, simple and sensical. Let's get into it. First, a couple of words on disclosure. This is prepared by me for use with you, whether you are an investor or a financial advisor. Of course, everyone is expected to make their own investment decisions. Nothing contained in the presentation should be treated as investment advice. No recommendations for the purchase or sale of any securities. Information contained herein is purely for informational purposes. Its accuracy, adequacy, or completeness cannot be guaranteed. Well, we had a nice, rough capitulation, if you will, in equity markets. It's starting to feel more and more like at least a near-term bottom to me. Uh, you know, just kind of relentless selling, get a little rally, get good news, rally for a few minutes to now a couple hours, and then sort of sell off a little bit. Really seeing that across the board, large cap, mid cap, small cap, domestic, international, we did have emerging markets kind of basically flat last week. Fixed income still getting hit to reflect the realities of higher inflation, higher interest rates. Uh, we even had some of the alternative indices take it. There was just no buyers. There was sort of a buyer strike last week. And so it was a little bit rough week um, to be a seller. Wouldn't want to be a seller in this market. We're not. So that's okay. Economic data largely disappointed last week. And this is becoming more of a theme. Not that it's going negative or bad, it's getting less good and it's tending to be below consensus estimates. Why might this be good for us in the long term? Well, what's our biggest problem today? It's inflation. So as you see demand start to moderate, as interest rates start to rise, that is the market's way of sort of taking care of this inflation problem, sort of doing it on its own, um, if you will. Durable goods order for the month of March rose eight tenths. Estimate was for one tenth, so that was actually a beat, but they have fallen in the month of February. Moving on to home prices, house prices rose 2.1%. I'm, I'm gonna call that bad, a miss, because 1.5 would have been less inflationary, but this looks to me like a blow off year over year. Yeah, that's not a misprint, 19.4% on a year over year basis, that's the blue, that's the left-hand scale. I'm sorry, that's the red, and it's the right-hand scale. The monthly is the blue and the left-hand scale. Big, big, big blow-off year-over-year uh, gain. Same with S&P Case-Shiller. Home index rose almost 2.4. It's up 20% year-over-year. My wife and I, a week ago, had a phone call from a realtor. Just would you take this number for your home? And it was just far more than the home is worth. And we still didn't sell because we don't know where how we could possibly replace it or where we'd go. Um, but the point is, this was sort of this mad rush to get in while interest rates were low. They're no longer low. Um, they're, I guess, relative to history low, but relative to recent history, they're no longer this sort of ridiculously low um, number. So. Uh, this is probably the blow-off biggest year-over-year year we're going to see, and we're going to start seeing that year-over-year year moderate very substantially in, in home prices. Consumer confidence, as measured by the conference board, 
fell ever so slightly and was a little bit below expectations. The present situation fell a little bit. Expectations actually rose slightly. Um, we're seeing sort of this, we've been in this downward trend in consumer confidence, uh, whether it's here or Michigan, it's either moderating or starting to come back. Is that was we believe we likely hit the peak on the inflation print. We're going to talk about it more as we move along. We've got CPI coming up in nine days, May 11th. That's likely now then to change the narrative. It's going to be more about inflation is coming down and are we slowing? And then I think this, this fear of, of the Fed being ultra aggressive probably starts to moderate. That could even start to moderate a little bit after this week's meeting. We'll talk about that some more here shortly. New home sales came down about 8.6%, 763,000 annualized. Um, again, that's a drop one, two, three months in a row of sort of drops in, in the rate. Affordability, uh, one of my anecdotal conversations last week was with a home builder. I said, you must be really happy. The prices are through the roof. He said, prices are through the roof. Input prices are further through the roof, whether it's lumber, piping, or cabinetry, or flooring, or windows, or doors. Everything is through the roof, uh, even more than prices. So margins are not up. Uh, in fact, if anything, margins are being squeezed um, for, for home, home builders. So they're not particularly um, as excited, although the National Association of Home Builders Sentiment Index, of course, remains elevated, likely to start coming down. Pending home sales fell 1.2%. They're down almost 9% from a year ago. That's the number of homes where they've entered into contracts. Escrow we use out here in California, not yet closed extremely low inventory. Go back to my comment about the unsolicited phone call with an offer. Um, very, very high prices. Um, and now rising interest rates and home mortgage rates to, to more normal levels, quite frankly, uh, which should see, serve to moderate prices slightly. Uh, although again, the lack of inventory, high demand, very high household balance sheets and net worths are likely to keep them at least uh, at least very expensive for the time being. Weekly initial claims for unemployment uh, came in at 180,000. Again, below 200, below 300 is strong, below 200 is super strong. Labor market's great, demand in the economy is great. Um, slowing is not reversing. You remember that slowing, you know, we're talking about the economy slowing. Well, that will moderate the inflationary pressure. Reversing, actually going negative, not likely. Remember that GDP print we got last week? I talked about it. Um, yes, it was negative, but it was negative mostly because government spending, state and local and federal was down. Uh, capital investment up, consumer spending up. That's the sign of a very strong economy. Speaking of that GDP report, here it is. Sorry, I got ahead of myself. Fell 1.4%. Here it is, personal consumption up 2.7%. Business CapEx, remember I talked about this a couple months ago. Businesses seeing the high cost of labor, this is, the, this is what happens in capitalism, right? It's natural. Oh my gosh, labor's costing so much. I need to seek more automation. How do I do that? I invest in things like primarily technology. And so uh, what's subtracted from growth? Inventories, okay, fine. Federal, state, local government spending, and a rise in imports. The imports rose because the consumer is so strong, but that's a subtraction from GDP. Um, 
I would not see this report as a negative. In fact, the day this report came out, if you remember, was the big up day for the market last week. So again, the economy is not reversing. The economy is slowing. It's slowing on its own as a result of the bottlenecks, as a result of the inflationary pressures, and therefore it is moderating those price increases on its own. In, and interest rates have risen on their own. Only rate the Fed controls is the Fed funds rate and the discount rate, but the Fed funds rate, they have increased. They're going to meet this week in two days, we'll have an announcement, likely a 50 basis point increase. And I think some moderation in the hawkish tone as asset prices have, have corrected. PE multiple in the S&P 500, for example, is back to the level where it was before the pandemic for about 17 uh, and a half. Here's employment costs. Employment costs up 1.4%. So what does this do? This drives that CapEx on technology that delivers productivity. If, if the labor costs too much, go to automation. If automation costs too much, go to labor, right? That's kind of where we are. Personal income and spending, personal income gained a half a percent in the month of March. Personal spending rose 1.1%, hardly recessionary. Spending gain due to increased spending on services as good spending fell a little bit. This is the reopening, although obviously COVID cases now starting to rise again. Whether or not we'll do that will be you know, shut down like it has been in the past is yet to be determined. And of course, a year ago, we had huge personal income. So that year over year number is a negative this morning. Signs that the, the inflation peak has likely occurred. I talked to you last week about uh, some real-time indicators. Um, Trueflation is one of them. It's a blockchain indicator. It scours the world and the internet for real-time prices. Dat.dot is another one. The Cleveland Fed has one. All of those have been moderating to coming down. In addition, March PCE price index, there's the, the headline, which is blue, which was up big time, half a percent. But there's the core uh, which you can see is starting to moderate, just moderate a little bit. It was up, but moderating here, uh, as you can see, uh, the year-over-year -year rate is moderating. Um, and that's important because that's what the Fed is looking for. Remember, the Fed looks at the red, which is the core PCE price index, and they want to see slower increases, and they want to get that down to 2%. I believe inflation has peaked. doesn't mean it's going negative anytime soon but it means that year-over-year -year rate is, is rolling over and we're gonna to continue to see more and more evidence of that in the coming days, weeks, and months. Chicago PMI fell from a stratospheric high, 63 down to about 56.4. 50 is the line of delineation between expansion and contraction, so that's good. New orders fell just above expansion, a little concerning there, production fell. But again, you have all this inflationary pressure and you got to do something about inflation. Everybody's screaming about it. Fed starts to do a little something and we start screaming it's going to cause a recession. It's sort of like we're just always negative. Um, and in fact, I, I think the odds of the Fed being able to pull this off are actually going up because the market is reacting. The market's naturally occurring forces. They don't require the intervention of a central bank or massive fiscal policy shifts or anything like that, this natural mechanism called the marketplace is moderating. So this is good. These kind of numbers are going to pull down some of that inflationary pressure. Still, I would have liked to see employment over 50 
but again, given the tightness in the labor market, this isn't such a bad thing either. Moving on to University of Michigan sentiment, it actually rose, current conditions rose, expectations rose. Why? Well, we know this big decline was due to the inflation. This could be due to the moderation in the rate of inflation. All right, so some just some cool, those are, that's the economic data. Now we're going to move on to some, what I call some cool charts and graphs. Cool suggesting the economy may be cooling. Philadelphia Fed's six-month forecast of new orders. They survey 125 chief executive officers around the country and say, what do you think about the next six months for orders? And that number, we can see that near 70 back here, June of 21, down to less than four. So relative decline, they see business slowing. That is disinflationary. That moderates the pressure on inflation. So yes, that's a negative. Business is slowing, but businesses with such a high rate because of the reopening after the shutdown that it caused inflation, now it's coming down. And so this inflationary pressure to a large degree is coming down on its own. Fed knows this and is likely in its, in its communication this week. They've been very, very hawkish trying to get the markets convinced. And now that the markets are likely getting convinced, I think they're gonna moderate their tone uh, a little bit. The other thing, this was just out this morning, Monday, May 2nd. This is the, uh, the, uh, the ISM. So we've got the backlog of orders, which you can see here was at 70 all the way down to 56. Inventories, which was all the way down here at uh, 25, now up to 37. So inventories coming up, backlogs coming down. Is the problem fixed? Absolutely not. Is there still a big gap? Yes, that suggests strong economic activity, but less inflationary than when we had a 70 reading to a 25, we've now got a 56 to a 37. So we see this number continuing to close as supply chain issues slowly fix themselves. The free action of players in the global economy serves to fix. Um, and we think that the market has a, just a great ability to do exactly that. Well, what about stock market and stock market valuations? The stock market has come down despite phenomenal earnings reports uh, in the last week and better than expected guidance. In fact, um, everybody expected earnings estimates to roll over and they're up about another 1%. So uh, what does this graph show? Well, let's, this is the earnings yield of the S&P 500 relative to the yield in the 10-year U.S. Treasury. This down here is the 10-year Treasury yield. So you always expect to get paid more in earnings, that's the top line, because there's risk in stocks and less in interest because there's no risk in the U.S. Treasury. So if that yield goes up and the risk-free yield is now 2.98, it's called 3%, you need to get more earnings yield out of stocks to compensate for that risk. Well, when stocks go down, the earnings yield goes, earnings yield goes up. It's gone from a 3% earnings yield to a four and three quarters percent earnings yield. And if earnings go up, even without the stock market moving, that will also increase the earnings yield. So stocks are now looking a little more fairly valued. Does that mean this route in the market is completely over? No, I don't think so. But I do think we're, in do, we're, we're due for a short-term rally and a pretty sharp and strong one at that. Just my guess, it's short-term. We're long-term investors, not much to do about it. But it's interesting and it helps explain a lot of the recent activity and it helps us not panic uh, as we see the down week you know, from, from last week as an example. More, event, more um, 
evidence that perhaps inflation has peaked. Uh, this orange is the CPI, right? It's a monthly reading, and we're going to get a reading on May 11th for April. But there is also something that the Cleveland Fed puts out, which is a real-time indicator of prices. And it's been going higher and higher until a peak here. It looks like at about April 9th or 10th, something like that. It's peaked and it's begun to slowly come down. It's still at a high level. Believe me, this is not an acceptable level of inflation. But this measures on a daily basis real-time inflation. Uh, similar to what I told you about Trueflation, which is a blockchain indicator, and DotDat, which is a website, this is a similar, let's measure inflation on a daily basis to suggest perhaps it's starting to turn. I think that narrative is going to work its way into um, um, you know, financial media here in the next few weeks. So to reiterate, I mentioned a minute ago, perhaps a technical, uh, strong tactical rally is due in equities. And I, I think that's likely. Uh, one piece of evidence to support that here is this ratio, this white line here, this is the bull bear ratio index. We've gotten down to a multi-year, really almost a decade, you can see it there low, uh, in sentiment, meaning people are negative. The more negative they get, the more likely there is to be a sharp rally because it it's an oscillator, right? So if it goes down, the next move is likely up. No guarantee, of course. On top of that, you've had the NASDAQ, this is the blue line, NASDAQ composite index has come way down. Um, and so as that's come way down, sentiment's gone way down, any kind of turn in sentiment could send that market rallying sharply higher. Um, there you go. So more evidence to suggest that the sharp rally may be coming here in the, maybe the next three, four or five weeks. Uh, the market has sort of come to grips that the Fed is acting. Remember the criticism was they weren't acting. Well, now they are. So if we got them to do what we want them to do, shouldn't we be happy about it? There's the meeting this week, and I think it could end up being a sort of clearing event for the market. Okay, the Fed gets the 50 basis points. We already all know it's coming. And then everybody looks and says, you know, maybe their commentary wasn't quite as hawkish going forward. We get the 511, we get the print on CPI on May 11th, and it's sort of better. Um, the other thing is middle of earnings season. So buybacks have paused and buybacks when earnings are this strong and balance sheets are this strong, buybacks are a great way to continue to grow earnings and return capital to shareholders. Uh, and when they buy back stock, there's less available, the earnings per share go up, your percentage ownership of the company goes up and we do well. Those can be back here in the next couple of weeks because earnings season is over. They can't do it during that quiet period. As I showed you earlier, one of the indicators of that bull bear, technical suggests stocks are oversold. And I really don't see a recession. I think the Fed has got a better than normal chance of engineering a soft landing. One, they let inflation run well above two before they started uh, raising rates. They had never done that before. They always raised rates preemptively. In 2000, we had a bubble burst and we had an insolvent world financial system. Not the case today. In 2008, or excuse me, that was 2008. 2000 was the, ninth, was the tech bubble, the dot-com bubble. And then, of course, in 2020, we had a forced shutdown of the global economy. Demand is much stronger today than in any of those times. All of those were demand-based recessions. This was the first ever supply-based recession. Earning estimates hanging strong, as I mentioned earlier, and I've mentioned probably three times already, the CPI print on May 11th is likely to show that inflation has peaked, and that will become the new narrative in our lexicon as we talk about markets and finance. 
Lots of economic data this week, none of which matters as much as the FOMC's rate decision to raise rates 50 basis points, which we all know is going to happen. Their commentary afterwards, the statement, et cetera, will matter most of all. Today, I already showed you the global manufacturing PMI. It was fine. Um, it was lower than the 59.7. I can't recall the exact number. And I showed you the backlog to inventories. I'm sorry, it was the ISM that I showed you. S&P uh, came out as well. Construction spending, the Tuesday factory orders, jolts, auto sales. We get, it's the beginning of the month. We're gonna get into the jobs reports. How many did we add? Doesn't look recessionary when you're adding either 400,000 or 400,000. They have the same estimate here for non-farm payrolls. Services numbers from S&P and uh, ISM, weekly claims, all the good stuff that comes at the beginning of the, uh, of the month. Uh, but really, it's all about Fed and what they say this week about inflation. Don't forget to follow me and give me the thumbs up and the likes and all that stuff. I guess it helps. Not sure how uh, on the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I'll be back to you again in one week or sooner if market conditions warrant.